Coming up on the Speakeasy Podcast, we have underground star Aldous Hodge here in the studio talking about last night's finale, what will happen to his character, and what we might see in season two. This is WSJ Speakeasy, your source for entertainment, pop culture, celebrity, and the arts. Welcome to the Speakeasy Podcast. I am Paul Vigna. Some of you might know me. Usually I do the, the Money Beat Podcast as uh, part of the markets team here at the Wall Street Journal. But I also do some art stuff. I write about The Walking Dead, and I write about a show called Underground on WGN America, which just wrapped up its first season. The, pre, the finale aired Wednesday night. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And we are extremely fortunate. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie, I'm pretty excited about this, uh, to have Aldous Hodge <laughs> in the studio with us, stars on the show as Noah. Uh, Aldous, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. What's happening, man? How you doing? I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm great. I'm yeah? great. This is awesome. It's cool, man. So, uh, uh, you know, I, I hate having to do spoiler alerts for people, because I think people should be mature enough to understand that if you're reading things or hearing things, yeah. th- things could get spoiled for you. You're going to see something. That said, folks, spoiler alert. Uh, we're going to talk about what happened. So if you didn't watch it, don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> we'll come back to it later. Yeah. Uh, I want to talk about specifically episode 10, the, f- the finale, mm-hmm. and uh, everything that, that happened in it and, and get your take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but one thing, I, the first thing I want to ask you is when you guys filmed that, you obviously didn't know if there was going to be a season two. Right. And was there a sense of if we don't get a season two, if this show never goes anywhere else, this is our swan song, we want to make our statement? Um, hmm. I, I know for me personally, I felt like even if we didn't get a season two, I wanted this to be just the best work that we, we were able to put down. We had some of the best material that a lot of us were afforded um, in our careers, and we knew how special the project was. So I suppose to a degree, yeah, it was. It could could have been our swan song in that we wanted people to remember what this was. Even if it was one season, it was one hell of a season, and you knew what Underground was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, there's that scene where where Noah goes into the marshal's office, and Mm -hmm. basically, as it turns out, it's a complete diversion. But he goes in... Uh, holds everyone yeah, <laughs> holds everyone at gunpoint, frees the other slaves that are being yeah. held there. But but in that scene, you make a speech, which I actually thought was probably the best speech in the whole show. Oh, my gosh. Well, be, Thank and, you. and not that it wasn't good and not that you didn't deliver. But it was so plain spoken, right? Yeah. You know, like the marshal says, well, what do you want? You know, gruffly, you know, meaning like, why are you holding me at gunpoint? Mm. And and. You say I want to be counted, right? You know, I want to work a, a job, get my fair wages, go home, uh, walk around, and not not have to fear for my life. Pretty much, um, it was as simple a speech as possible because it, what they're fighting for is not complicated. You know, fighting for freedom in, in the sense of whatever freedom means: freedom from oppression, or freedom from judgment, uh, or freedom from a lack of opportunities. Uh, There's a lot of things that people still fight for today in this generation, which is really sad. (laughs) But it's as simple as it is. I want equality the way that you feel you are entitled to because you are a human being. I am a human being also. I deserve that same equality. I don't care what (laughs) you think of what I look like. I don't care what you don't know about me. 
you know, judgment based purely off of fear just because you don't understand me mm-hmm. doesn't mean anything. And um, I love the fact that I feel even though the show ended off the way it did with Noah, spoiler, being captured and put back in jail, I feel like that was his victory because I'm not sure if it really was about him needing to be free fully physically. He freed some people, right. and he knows this is a long journey, so at least he succeeded somewhere along the line, especially after he lost so many people along the way, mm-hmm. you know? Right, and, and I thought it was really interesting that it, and maybe if my interpretation is wrong, but my interpretation was that the whole thing ends up being a ruse so that he can get Rosalie and Boo out. Yes, I think he... And he sacrifices he, himself for them. Yeah, he does, and and at that point, he doesn't know if it's going to work out. Right. And to a degree, it kind of does work out until he he's caught up in that in that field again, and he sees that other enslaved person, and he's like, "Oh man, I got to make the choice." Right, right. <laughs> he could have just run on like, his own. Oh, what do I got to do? Yeah. You know. But Noah's a survivor, so I don't think him being caught is sweat off his back. He got out once; he'll get out again. Because this journey that we've seen for Noah is not the first time that he's tried to run. Right. You know, got a couple stripes on his back. He's he's tried a couple times, but it makes me very curious for what he's going to try next season. Yeah, because uh, you know. I, you know, one of the things that I thought was interesting was that the way the episode ends, mm-hmm. it's not your typical kind of cliffhanger, but it, it does set up season two. Yeah. I mean, everyone is in a different place. Yeah, yeah. Like Noah's in a different place. Rosalie and Boo are in a different place. Ernestine, uh, Ernestine Cato. Is in a, right, right. Well, let me ask you this. Did you anticipate it ending the way that it did at all? Was it a surprise to you or did you— It, it was— it was a surprise, and I will, I, will, I will tell you honestly, there have been times during this show, and if you're not watching this show, folks, well, I don't know if you're still listening, but you should be. <laughs> uh, you really should go and catch this show. This, this was a, I have to say, this was a really, and I'm not just saying because Aldous Hodges here, I've written this, you know. Thank this you. is an excellent show. I mean, Thank this you, is, man. the acting is tremendous. The writing is great. I mean, Misha Green and Joe Pekaski have done a tremendous job with it. Brother, it's, it's a, a master class in writing. Yeah. Every single yeah. script. And, I, you know, a, as a writer, that was the thing that first attracted me to it. Yeah. What was just when I started, sat down and started watching it and I saw the writing and I could tell the level, you know, it's just, it's really great, great writing. Yeah. But to answer your question, I'm getting off track. Uh, to answer your question, there have been times where I've watched this show this season. Literally, I am not joking you, one hand on my head and one hand on my heart. <laughs> it, it just, it becomes so emotionally just yeah, overwhelming. Man. So going into the finale. We set out to give heart attacks. Yeah. Uh, going into the finale, I really almost didn't even want to watch it because I thought, what are they going to do? Especially what, what after, I mean, Johnny Ray Gill, what after, happened? After you know, episode like, eight. Yeah, that was a hard one. That was a really yeah. hard one. I'll be honest, man. For me, uh, Zeke was actually they're all hard deaths. I mean, Zeke was a really hard death for me personally as a fan. Pearly May, uh, the oh, way P- she went Pearly out. May and Moses. And Moses, yeah, man. But... And then, you know, Henry, of course. But the thing I love is that they went out as heroes. You know, they died fighting. And they accomplished something with their death. Moses, you know, in in Pearly May, sacrificed himself for their daughter. For their daughter, right. And then you see that it was worth it. Yeah. 
you know, Zeke, even though he was put in a, in a really crappy position, right. <laughs> he went out like a champ. Like, yeah. you're not just going to take me. Right. You know, you, you're going to lose. If I'm losing, you're going down right. with me. Right. And I love it so much because I, as a viewer, saw heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't like, oh, you just died for nothing. You know, I, I felt so much validation in those moments, and it made me proud because— that had to have happened. Right. That kind of strength is the reason why I took this job. Noah exhibiting that kind of strength and then the team around him exhibiting that kind of strength. But the one thing that does make me a little sad um, uh, is is the fact that we won't have the same opportunity to work with those actors again. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm not sure. They could always come back as ghosts or something like that. <laughs> but I remember... I think the first person we saw go down in a script was Zeke. And I was like, right. oh, man, like Theodos Crane. Theodos the- Crane, yeah. Yeah, he, he plays Zeke. He's such a just, he's a wonderful guy. All this positivity just oozing out of him. Mm-hmm. And then right after him, you see Adina Porter go out. She plays Burley Man. Right. It's like, you're one of the illest actresses I've ever had the pleasure of working with. And then when that happens, you're like, who else has got to go? Right. But the thing I love about that sort of environment is that it's never safe. The audience is never safe. They will never get to a point where they feel like, okay, I've got it. I know who's going to be there. People yeah. keep asking me, does Noah make it? Honestly, I don't know, and I'm not going to say it. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I'm not about to tell you. Well, I think but that's— I hope he does. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what you want to do with a show, right? You want to engage the audience. Yeah. You want them to be interested, but you don't want you don't want them to be able to guess what's going to happen. Yeah. I mean, it's But just, you want the stakes to feel real to them. They have to because And that's not it's not an easy thing to do. It's not. It's not from an entertainment perspective, especially when it comes to dishing out a series that you're trying to keep going for year after year. People have these characters that they love. I think what's become more popular, though, in recent times is that it's okay for a network to say, you know what, we can kill off this character that everybody loves and we're going to be okay because people get more satisfaction out of the unpredictable nature of things. That's why they come to watch a television show because they realize once they see a show and they know what they're going to get day after day, if the structure of the show is not set up for that, then it becomes boring and mundane. If you're watching right. a serialized show like a, a a law show or a cop show or you know a, a hospital show, they usually have that structure where it's you know what's going to happen yeah. and. You know, if somebody dies, that is the big shocker, but you can't do that, you know. But but even to make it work, it has to work within the story. It has to make logical sense within the story. Exactly. You can't just throw a random... I mean, look, I know things happen randomly in life that no one expected, (laughs) but, I mean, it just has to make some kind of dramatic sense within the story you're trying to tell, or else people catch on that you're just playing games with Playing games, right. And they lose interest. And that's and that's, something this show did not do that this year. Yeah, I think they they were very strategic about who died, when, where, and how. Right. Um, specifically with so so Zeke died mainly because Cato shot him in the leg. Right, because Cato wanted to get away. Right, that was more of an, uh, a story exposition uh, about Cato in that moment and mm-hmm. who he was, what kind of person he was. Because now he's completely unpredictable and wild. Right. We don't know what's going to happen with him. Every time he walks in a room, we feel unsafe. Right. Um, you know, Pearlie May, she was murdered by Ernestine. Ernestine did so to protect her child. Mm-hmm. 
and though Ernestine is dangerous because of her love, we don't feel like she's a bad person. We just feel like she does the necessary bad things right. for the greater good because it makes you say, what would you do in that position? What would you do for your mm-hmm. child? Now we know more about Ernestine, so her going forward, we have a completely different perspective. Everything happens for a reason and is absolutely necessary. And I love how they give everything purpose. Right. Right. All right. Let's take a break because uh, I know time to take a break. And then we'll come back on the other side of this message more with, El- with Aldous Hodge from Underground. Yeah. I'm Veronica Dagger. Do you want to know how the rich invest, spend, and protect their money? Then listen to the Watching Your Wealth podcast. For more information, check us out at WSJ.com slash podcast and find us on iTunes, Stitcher, and now Spotify. Now, WSJ Speakeasy, your source for entertainment, pop culture, celebrity, and the arts. Welcome back to the Speakeasy Podcast. Paul Vigna here with Aldous Hodge from Underground. And and Aldous, you know, uh, I'm used to interviewing people and they come in with their press representatives. And, nah. you know, there's always there's, – there's, there's not that, you know, Rachel and Cole seem like fine, yes. wonderful people. Yes. But there's always – you know, you always think, all right, now I know that they're watching. They're watching what I say. So you're, you're a little worried. Yeah. But you have brought in an even bigger gun. Yes. Than press uh, representatives. Uh, you ladies your... and gentlemen, drum roll please, yeah. presenting the Mrs. Hodge, my mother, Yolette Hodge. You have brought your mother with you. Mom. So now I know if this is an unfair interview, I'm going to get it <laughs> from your mother. Yeah. Say what's up to the people, Mom. Say hello, Mrs. Hodge. Hello, everybody. How are you tonight? I'm on. How I'm are you? I'm going to this because Mom is How are you, Mrs. Hodge? Uh, hello, Paul. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have you. You know, uh, I'll let you know a little secret, folks. We're actually taping this ahead of Mother's Day, and we're running it after uh, the finale ends. But I I wanted to, you know, get your take on this. Your son, he's having a very good year. Yes. You're his mother. You made it happen. Uh, He has to do something nice for you this Mother's Day, right? Are you going to put me on the spot? I'm absolutely going to put you on the spot. Well, because I have to curry favor with her. (laughs) God dang. Well, um, I wouldn't say that. You know, I am so blessed. Uh, My son, he does something nice for me every day. So, you know, every day for me is Mother's Day with all three of my children. I have uh, my older son, Edwin, who's currently uh, filming his new show, his new series, Six, on the History Channel. And then I have a daughter who's 19, graduating from UCLA this June, who I'm also very proud of. And they make every day uh, Mother's Day for me so I'm so very proud so you know um, it's a special day every day yeah I don't even need anything special you got off so easy yeah (laughs) (laughs) just being here celebrating Mother's Day Uh, let me ask you you thought you was going to catch me Paul you thought you was going to catch me I know I I can't get caught Paul I can't get caught Uh, let me ask you so the season just wrapped up on TV uh, this is the first show that you've you've starred on, mm-hmm. right? And you know it was interesting because uh, when I was watching the first couple episodes, I'm looking at you and I'm saying, I, I know I know this guy, mm-hmm. I know I've seen him, and it took me a little while to piece together that you were in an episode of Walking Dead. I was, and I remembered you from that. I was Michonne's baby daddy. 
And I and I think other people like when I was in the the newsroom telling people that you were coming in, I'm mm. saying, yeah, Aldous Hodge from Underground, and they said, who? No, no, no offense to you, but I mean like, <laughs> no, yeah, you know, no, they weren't no. quite sure the name, the show, you know. Yeah, and yeah. then somebody said, oh, Voodoo. Ah, yeah. yes. And then other people said, oh, you're getting voodoo. That's great. Like, yeah, people yeah. know you from different things, it's, but you, yeah. haven't, you, know, you haven't reached a level where you're starring on a show. Now you have reached a level where you're starring on a show. Mm-hmm. And you're, you're not even 30 yet. You're going to turn 30. Yeah, this year. Right? Yeah. But I, I want to ask both of you, you know, especially you, Yulette, how long did it take before you realized that your son was going to be this? And, and what did you have to do to help him on this road? Because you've been acting for a very long time. 26 that's, years. That's why I was kind of getting at all those little bits and pieces. You've yeah. been in a lot of different things. Yeah, yeah. But you haven't been at this level yet. Pieces of the puzzle, man. Yeah. I, yeah. How, how did, going, what did it take for you to help him get to this, this place? Well, you know, from the day my child was born, I knew he was special, you know. Um, he, you know, he just, he was born special. From the time he began walking, you know, he started drawing all over my furniture and walls and you know, I just knew he was special in all my children. But, you know, he started acting at the age of two, really. And, um, you know, he did his first little bit. I filmed, um, he did a little shenane bit. And I knew right mm. then, okay, this boy has a career ahead of him. And it started from there. And it's been a long journey. Um, I think um, Dean Devlin and John Rogers uh, gave him a pretty good start in Leverage. Mm. Um, everyone knows him from Leverage, but as you say, Voodoo, that was one of my favorite <laughs> characters. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I love Voodoo. <laughs> but um, I also Leverage, you know, he did, he, it showed his uh, ability, his acting ability, because he did a million characters and, all, and did them all so well. And Thank you, man. So, you know, I I just think he's so talented. And so I know that, you know, one day he'll he'll just be great. And and I hope the world recognizes it and recognizes his talent. Thank you. Have, uh, so... Let me ask you this. So Aldous Hodge is walking up 6th Avenue today to come into the, the WSJ office. Yes. Uh, and you, you were born in North Carolina but raised around here, right? Yeah, yeah. Between so Manhattan and New Jersey. Aldous Hodge walks up 6th Avenue today. Mm-hmm. Is it different than Aldous Hodge walking up 6th Avenue yes. when you were in a high school <laughs> teenager? Uh, yes? Yeah? Yes. Yes? Yeah, it is. Oh, yes. It's a little different. It yeah. a lot It's different. funny, man. Leverage is uh, running crazy in syndication on ION right now. So a lot of, you know, the East Coast gives Leverage a lot of love, which I'm starting to find out. So walking down the street, literally, it's, you know, people say, hey, I know the guy, da, da, hey, you're from the, da, da, da. and it's all these different jobs that, that you're right. talking about. Some of it's Friday Night Lights, so a lot of it is leverage, some of it is underground, and some of it is like Compton or whatever. But the thing I love about it is that people aren't afraid to show love and support. And that's that's that East Coast thing, man. That's that South <laughs> thing. You get it down there sometimes, too. You know, and, and, you know, even in L.A., you do get it in L.A., but people are a little bit more reserved because, yeah. you know, there's this stigma, which they're, it's really kind of a fallacy. But, you know, there's a stigma that, oh, you know, don't talk to me. I'm the, the right, right, right. It's like, you know, we were, I was at, um well, I'm a watchmaker, so I was at the uh, Historical Society of, uh, I mean, the Historical, the Orological Society of, uh, New York, which is a historical uh, kind of group, you know, for, mm-hmm. for urologists. And um, we had a meeting the other night. 
was talking to a fellow watchmaker, and he's like, you know, you're pretty cool for a Hollywood guy. And I was like, what does that mean, bro? <laughs> <laughs> like, my job is my job, and it's cool. But I don't assume to take on the the environment of the politics that, that surround what I do. Uh, I still think that there's still a level I'm trying to achieve Every job is a step. It's a small step to the bigger picture, and I'm trying to figure out what that bigger picture is. So right now it's a really great time in my career, but I know it's going to lead up to something different. And I just, my responsibility to me right now is to prepare myself, watch my steps, and take care of the people around me and respect folks and, and treat them right until I get to that next point. And then when I'm there, teach others to treat others right, you know? Oh, I thought you were saying, then you can, you can trash them. Trash. <laughs> no. Never. Always Because you were raised correctly My mom's by a Marine. Mother, right? She's a I Marine. I know. I read that. Yeah. yeah. It's always be yeah. humble. Always. Both your parents were Marines, right? Yeah, they both were. Yeah. yeah well, well, here's the thing, man. A lot of people start believing their own hype, and it does not matter how much you accomplish. As an artist, you need people to support you, and you need people to give you that umph that 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 wind beneath your wings to do whatever it is you do if you are in a movie and you're a movie star you need people to go see that movie and support right. you so when you're sitting there talking to people yes sometimes fans can get a little crazy but you have a, 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 a due responsibility to give those people respect mm -hmm. you cannot see yourself as something other or something above them because that's literally biting off the hand that feeds you right you have to acknowledge where your source of stability is coming from and granted you may have the talent but there are a lot of talented people it takes talent luck perseverance hard work and where does that luck come in where that faith and that belief comes in you know how do you treat people on the way up how do you treat people on the way down because the person you're looking down at eventually will be on your level mm -hmm. and eventually may go beyond your level and how do you want them to look at you when right. you're sitting there and you need help again? Right. You know, you have to treat people with respect and don't believe your own hype because it's work every day. You've got to do work. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at the, the cast of this show. And, and when I started watching it, I don't think I really recognized hardly anybody on the show. Mm. They're all great. That's the I great really, part about this Amira show. Amira Van is tremendous. She's ridiculous. Oh my god, amazing! I think she, Miss Ernestine, I think yeah. she is so good, and I never saw her before. Me neither, and and she's the most surprising actor on this show for me because I didn't know what to expect. Now, granted, there were other actors who I never worked with that I was surprised by the performance. Andrea Frankel, who plays Mrs. Macon, uh, she is probably her character is probably one of the worst people on that show right she plays that role so brilliantly she's such a a, a really kind woman in, in real in real life but i never had scenes with her so i never got to watch her work and i didn't have scenes with amira you're not, you're not in one scene with no her. no yeah. and i didn't really have scenes with amira so i never got to right. watch her work so when i'm sitting back watching tv i'm blown away i'm like these girls are killing it <laughs> like i gotta step my game up next year you know what i'm saying <laughs> you know because everybody brought their a game and they were they were cast so perfectly yeah Mm -hmm. But you Je know, Jessica DeGal. Jessica DeGal. Right. Oh yeah. my yeah. God! Yeah. Beautiful. Well, see, I got to work with Jessica, so I yeah. knew she was bringing oh, it. She's you know, amazing. I, I got to work with Jess, and and I knew what kind of talent was coming coming there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and but then you have you have people like PJ Marshall oh, who plays PJ, Bill. Yes. I mean, yeah. The yeah. way that scene. 
Uh, was it episode four? Episode three. Three. Do you three. know I, I did a yeah. whole post about that scene. Oh my gosh, man! That cause... scene was, and, and what, what we're talking about there. There's a scene where Rosalie Jernell Smollett, yeah, Bell, yeah, Jernel, yeah. Uh, gets attacked by him, mm. by Bill Bill Meeks, the the overseer, and right before he attacks her, he gives her this whole speech right. about you know the pain he's going through in his life and he makes you feel so much for him yes you almost want to cry for him and then he turns it around and you're like i hate you bill right <laughs> and it, why, it, happens, bill, why? it happens in about 90 seconds yeah and every second of that is totally believable yes. honestly to me that's like an emmy scene everybody yeah. on this right. series has an emmy scene every At single actor I'm, I'm not talking about myself in that group but i'm just saying every single actor has an emmy scene that was his emmy scene right and that to me that was the scene that cinched in my mind that this would be a great show. Oh, yeah. Again, you talk about the writing. Yeah. I mean, that had to be written perfectly. It had to be acted perfectly because they changed the viewers. They they toy with the viewers' emotions at least mm. three times in that scene. They completely change. They yeah. completely turn the tables. They flip the script. Yeah. And it works. Yeah. What it's they, not an easy thing. What they do is they like to humanize people so you can understand. This... This is definitely an action show, first and foremost, but I also like to say, secondly, it's a psychological thriller because you get to understand the mindset of these people more than challenging the big issue of what is going on, slavery, racism, all that. You get to understand why these people agree with it, why they disagree, why they do what they do, Mm -hmm. and that is far more intriguing to me as a viewer because I'm always going to ask the question, why, and now you're providing the answer for me. And I can understand. I don't agree with all of it, but I can understand. And that's so awesome because I I get the satisfaction of knowing why you think the way you do. Right. Yeah, it's it's I, I gotta tell you honestly, it's hard, man. Sometimes I'm watching that show and I, I told this to, to Rita Cooper Lee, she'll probably laugh at this. But I, yeah. I, I some, there are times where I'm watching the show and I swear to God I say this, I'm like could somebody white please do something good? <laughs> like I know you're trying to, you're trying to, and they actually do a very good we, job. We, we of, got of, the hogs. Well, we got, we yeah, got John the hogs, hogs. But they're yeah. not in every scene. Not in every scene. Yeah. Not every scene. Oh, but we have them. That's one of the interesting things about this show is that yeah, it's an action show, like you said, yeah. but they really go to a lot of. They take a lot of time in setting up the the human aspect of mm-hmm. it and in getting the mm-hmm. details of that time correct. Yes. yes. They really do. I mean, it's really – there have been so many things that I've I've stopped watching it and I've gone and looked up what I just saw. I'm just going to Google this real Cause quick. Because, yeah, yeah, like, no one did that, right? That didn't really happen. And, and yeah. yeah, they, they got you – know. well, Specifically, like the tattoo on Noah's back. Um, I'm an artist in, in every way, shape, and form. I actually used to customize tattoos, so they said – uh, do you want to design the tattoo? And I was like, sure, of course. You designed but, that tattoo? Yeah, yeah. And it what it was... It wasn't a real... It's not that's still there. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, but what what it was, I had to research how far back tattoos actually were around, and I realized they were around back in the day. And I had to research how they did those mm-hmm. tattoos in order to figure out what it was, because it can't be a tattoo that's modern style with clean lines and perfectly executed. Right. Like, he doesn't have those tools. He's sitting there with a pen and a, a needle pricking his skin and then rubbing ash into it to in, uh, to to soak into the scar so when it heals up, it's black. You know what I mean? Huh. Um, but I had to go back and do the research and see if that was real, and it was. So I know exactly what you're saying, and wow. it's kind of fun. You know? Yeah. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the, the not only the, the, the impact the show has had, but the, the social moment that it is in, mm-hmm. to, to put it politely. Yes. Uh, the, the show's had a on 
Twitter, I think, is where you can yes. most immediately <laughs> see the impact. Has. Twitter. People on Twitter, Twitter. are passionate about this. They and you are. guys, a lot of you guys are on there every Wednesday night live tweeting. Yeah, we live tweet every Wednesday and you're, night. And it's interesting because you're actually on there doing it. You're actually yeah. talking with the fans. You're not just, yeah. you know, there are some shows where they say we're live tweeting and they're not really doing it. I mean, you guys are really in there with the fans. Yeah. And just the... There's a very there's an emotional outpouring with this show that you can see on Twitter. I guess that's what mm-hmm. I'm I'm poor I'm trying to say very poorly. Yeah. Yeah. These people are really invested. Mm-hmm. They are their hearts and souls are in there. And I love being a part of that and it's such a blessing that we we do get to get on this Twitter experience. I mean, that they, they, they came as a result of the, the fantastic... First of all, let me, let me just do a shout-out to the PR team for WGN. That's Rita Kukuli, Sharon Ligon, and it's, uh, you know, Ann Glenn, who's handling... Like, everybody over there is handling business. They get down. They understand the space that we're in, and this was all thought out prior to, to us even getting on it, but they knew how to market, and they knew who we were talking to, and when we see the results of that, people just pouring out their hearts... It's fantastic because you see what affects them, how they're affected. You see what they care about. And then even outside of the Twitterverse, you have people posting all these post-show videos. Right. Like my mom and my sister put me up on, on a couple of folks. Who, who Who's the dude? Mama Funky Davina or something? Uh, oh, I know who that is. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Two Thought. Uh, Shakur or something. Two, two thought Shakur. I think her name is, <laughs> but she's so funny. Yeah. Oh my god. Amazing. These people are yeah. ridiculous. They're awesome, but they um, man, they they blow my mind because they literally will have an hour's worth of a podcast. I'm trying to yeah. Two thought Shakur. Two two the letter two. I mean the number two. T H O T Shakur and then yeah. uh Funky Deneva D I N E V A Funky Deneva. They put so much effort Minus into it. Minus the language. <laughs> they get Minus a little wild the, sometimes. They get a little, the language. a little wild sometimes. <laughs> yeah. But the thing is, they, I mean, they jot down their notes to cover, but it's all fueled by passion. And I never mm-hmm. thought that we could do something that would inspire someone to, or move someone so passionately to... Did you, did, uh, did you really not think that this show would have that kind of impact? Or did we you had or hoped. What? Yeah. Here's the thing. A lot of people had negative speculation towards us in the beginning. They were saying, oh, why another one? Why? Da, 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 why this? Why do we need it? Why do we want to see it? And we had to just keep telling people, yo, trust me, it's something different. It's very different. I had that, you know, hesitation in the beginning when I first auditioned for it. I was like, what is this? Why? Yeah. You know? And then I realized after I read the script, oh, this is not us in a victimized state. This is us in a very courageous and in powerful state because we're fighting back. No matter what we lose along the way, we still fought back. And we're not just sitting down and taking it. That's something I've never seen before. I love that representation. In the first episode when Noah takes the lashes and he just walks up out of it like it's nothing, that shows so much strength, not for just him, but for the culture back then, the the enslaved Americans at the time. That so, shows so much strength about them mm-hmm. and gives me so much pride, not just as a black man, but as an American, you know? And the fact that this lays down the the coverage of the first integrated civil rights movement, that gives us something to be proud of all over because you have white Americans who do not agree with the state, uh, the the cultural disparity, and they're sitting there saying, this is wrong, we we will take a stand. And it's about unity and community. That's what I love. And it's brought to you in an exciting and and, and appetizing and sexy way. And that's what's different. Mm -hmm. But... 
I remember, you know, I've had plenty of conversations, and the one that's most vibrant to me, and I, I've said this before, was I was talking to a student at Howard, and she was like, why do we have to have another one? I said, first of all, I understand your trepidation because I thought that way too, but I had to do the research. There aren't many. There haven't been many. This subject is just, it raises the most noise. It speaks the loudest because it's the most uncomfortable and unresolved subject in American history. And we're not talking about black history. We're talking about American history. Um, but when you talk about a, a movie about other historical figures, the George Washington's, the John F. Kennedy's, nobody bats an eye because it's American history. But why do we do that as far as enslaved Americans go? You're talking about where our foundation comes from as a country. I said, are, are we preconditioned as a culture and a society to not want to know that? Because it is ugly right. and it is dangerous. Is that something that we've been predisposed to not wanting to engage? Because other, other cultures outside of America, you know, they know about our politics better than we do. <laughs> it is embarrassing right. to go to the UK. And they're like, did you hear? You know, mate, did you hear what just happened with Trump? You know, did you hear what just happened with the GOP? And I'm like, I, don't, I didn't hear this. How did you, yeah. you know, well, well, you know, we read the paper and, you know, it's like, seriously, but and we, we don't have anybody from the UK in the studio, by the way, folks. No, that was, that was, that was a, yeah, no, that was a terrible accent. You know, uh, I, I will admit that I've you done better. Accents. Anybody? I think uh, that no, I mean, I, uh, that accent was, um, is a, is a trifle. It was terrible. I mean, this accent is a little bit better. It's a little bit of Cockney accent, but, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, I get by, you know, I'm, I'm not sure I'd be convincing anyone from the UK just yet, but. Um, maybe I don't, I don't know. But you're right. I mean, it's there are times where the show is completely uncomfortable to watch and because it is so realistic. Yeah, yeah. The moment where you see Tom Macon sitting on his pulpit, right, which is atop a hanging man. Yes, that is the moment you realize that America's foundation was built on this. Wow! And then shooting off fireworks. Shooting fireworks. Shooting I will fireworks. never look at fireworks the same way again. Right. Fourth of July, take them fireworks down. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> I don't want to see no fireworks. Uh, yeah, Ain't gonna be no fireworks. That today. was that. That was probably one of the most disturbing images of the whole show. Oh god! And yeah. I don't think that's something yeah. I will forget yeah. in a very, very Ever. long time. Right. Mm -hmm. But it makes right. you think. Mm -hmm. It makes you think. It really makes you think. And yeah. again, it's a kind of th it's a kind of thing where you think, oh, things like that didn't really happen mm -hmm. because. I'm not saying we whitewashed the history books, no pun intended. Oh, yeah, they did. But, uh, <laughs> you know, there, there are things. You can say it, Paul. You can say it. There, there are things that are uncomfortable that we just don't want to really mm -hmm. face up to. Well, yeah. yeah. Look at and, and generation after generation, you just, you kind the, the memory fades. Yeah. And, and I think Misha and Joe did a very good job of going back. Reading, you know, they went to the library. There are all these WPA slave narratives from the mm. 30s where yes. they sent writers out to talk to older ex slaves and mm. get their stories while they were still alive. And Misha and Joe went and read those. Yeah. And they read the William Still narratives. And I think yeah. it was great that they had William Still in there. Yeah. And, all right, all right. Hey, Tani, can we take one more break? I feel like we should probably take, we should take one more break to give the advertisers their, their due. And then we'll come back because <laughs> I'm realizing we're going on for a long time here. All right, uh, let's take one more break. Hi, this is Jason Gay, sports writer at the Wall Street Journal, and I have a podcast called Free For All. And guess what? It's not just sports. We'll also talk about some real estate, some music, some culture, some fashion. I could talk about fashion. It's the Free For All. Become a subscriber on iTunes. Follow us on Twitter at WSJ Podcasts. And check us out at WSJ.com slash podcasts. Now, WSJ Speakeasy, your source for entertainment, pop culture, celebrity, and the arts. 
We are back. Welcome back to the Speakeasy Podcast. Paul Vini here with Underground's Aldous Hodge and Aldous Hodge's mother, Yolette Hodge. And, uh, yeah, I had to take a break because I realized that we are just going on and on about this. I thought it was a fair thing to do is to take a break. But uh, yeah. you, you talk about the historical accuracy of this show and, and, and at times the uncomfortable historical accuracy right. of this show. But I think that is something that a lot of people just don't realize what it really was. Everyone knows there was slavery. Everyone knows, you know what a lynching is, right? right? You know what a whipping is, but you don't really see those things very often. And you really don't see the dynamics of what life was like on the plantation for everybody. Mm. Well, this is what I kind of like to get people to understand. Yes, it's, I mean, it's definitely uncomfortable. It's supposed to be because it's supposed to, something that's uncomfortable, some uncomfortable truth is supposed to challenge you internally to ask yourself a question, to, to do a little self-reflection. But we are quite okay watching us go to war. On, on camera, watching soldiers go to battle, fight back, da-da-da, I'm going to go to your country and bomb the heck out of you, da-da-da. What is the difference between soldiers, American soldiers going somewhere or defending America versus these American soldiers in 1857 who are defending themselves, fighting against oppression? What is the difference? Where does the discomfort lie? And I feel like it's because the way we've been taught about this history, we have been taught to disregard it. And, you you know, it was not in my history books as a kid. Um, I was always a little rambunctious child in the classroom saying, hey, you know, where are we at? You know, but I'm proud that in this generation, I feel like, at least for the next generation coming up, hopefully they won't have to ask as many questions as I did. I, I do like the fact that we have a young audience with this show and they are as supportive and open to the the idea of educating themselves with it mm -hmm. because they're interested and they get a different perspective of how to respect themselves and their culture. And when I say their culture, I'm talking about not just, you know, liking to, to their skin tone, but I'm talking about American culture as it stands because this show is about American history. Right. Um, but, yeah, it's it's supposed to be uncomfortable because... That is just good drama. Right. And I think that's one of the interesting things about it is that it's it's historically accurate. Mm. It is at times extremely uncomfortable. <laughs> but it is – it's entertaining. And it's mm. supposed to be entertaining. Like you're not going to have a show if people aren't watching it, right? Ultimately, right. it's a television show that's supposed to entertain people. Yeah. And that's a hard trick to pull off. Yeah. It's you know. easy to set up, you know – not easy to set up, you know, roots, but, you know, it's it's easier to come at something and say, we're going to do a historical drama that is going to portray something. It, mm. It's easy to say, we're going to do an action show. It's not easy to put those two things, things together. Yeah. It's, go ahead, Ma. Well, um, I just want to say, I hope it teaches us as a whole how wrong it was and it is because I feel like now the world is getting ready to go through a strange period in time <laughs> and you know not too long ago we found two African Americans hang and I hope mm -hmm. that we're not getting ready to go back through such a time again so it's a little fear of mine so I think mm -hmm. this show is is here at a great time to teach us you know a lesson that we need to learn 
and uh-huh. and also to say we're not having this anymore. I know I'm not. <laughs> you no, know, no. So, <laughs> no, you're absolutely I'm just saying to y'all yeah. out there, I ain't having this. So. <laughs> yeah. No, you're absolutely you know? right. <laughs> but you yeah. know, it, you know, I'll, this is a great time to have this show. You know, it's. I think it makes a good statement for, for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah, I think we all can learn something from it. You know, it, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a show bashing. You know, one race. It's just to to show everybody. No, I think it's it's it. it, Look, it it is hitting on something that you said before that we don't really want to think about, but we need to think about. Yes, because uh, look, obviously things have changed since 1857, and because of the people that are portrayed on the show. Right, but you know, are have we reached the perfect union yet? Not at all. No, not at all. Not at all. And, Um, And you know, you don't have to be the biggest news hound on the planet to know that there are things that are going on in this country today Mm. that are not correct, that are not right, and they are (laughs) deep-seated problems, and you can start funneling back Back. through the history and Mm -hmm. seeing where these things come from, Mm. and you see how much progress has been made and how much hasn't been made. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's a beautiful thing that we're even capable and able to tell the story in this day and age. That definitely denotes progress, but at the same time, the fact that there's a need for this story sheds light on the non-progress. Right. <laughs> that right. right. Well, you know I'm that? trying to be political, right? <laughs> In a way, I'm you know, trying to say what I'm trying to say. You know, you know, we're trying to be PC, but, yeah. you know, this is WSJ. We know it. I'm just saying. We're trying to be PC with y'all, but I'm just saying. Like just, just, you know, just speak honestly. Yeah, well, I'm just saying, mind. like, this ain't the time right now to be backtracking, you know, mm-hmm. since we just recently found those two African-Americans hang. Where did that happen? I didn't even hear about Was it in Mississippi? Mississippi. Wow. Yeah, it was in Mississippi. So She says I, not that long ago. She it was, it like, was like, like a couple of months ago. Months ago, like this yeah, year. Yeah, this year. So, 2016. You know, I'm just saying, like, with what's happening right now, I think this is a good time for this show. And I just yeah. think that we don't need to be backtracking yeah. <laughs> in the world today. So, uh, yeah. Let me ask you about, when we went to break, I wonder, because we started talking about William Still and mm-hmm. the other historical figure who makes it into the show. Which historical the, figure could that be? Which I thought was, and it's so, uh, again, it is so interesting how timely this show becomes, right? Because yeah. it was, what was it, two weeks ago that yeah. the, the U.S. Mint bill. comes out, right, the, the Treasury comes out with the decision, we're going to put Harriet Tubman's yes, face on the $20 bill, mm. which I think is a great thing. Yeah, And it's funny because people started Googling Harriet Tubman because you could see you could see it on Twitter, right? <laughs> Who people, is she? People, everyone knew the name. Everyone knew Underground Railroad. Nobody really knew more about it. And people start saying like Harriet Tubman. She an actress, oh, or, or who she, is she? she? What did she, she do? I, I didn't know a lot about her. She carried a gun. She led troops in the war. Like yeah. amazing. And then the last scene of the final episode of Underground, mm-hmm. Rosalie is is going somewhere. We don't know where. And who's there? Harriet Tubman. Miss Tubman. Yeah. Harriet Tubman. I thought that was such a, a well done little stroke at the end. Yeah, yeah. We're not. We're not. I'm not even sure yet what uh, what the storyline for Harriet is going to be coming into the second season. But I love the fact that they played up to it so nicely because when you hear Underground Railroad, you think two things. You either think of Harriet Tubman or you think of a real railroad and. That's the saddest joke in the world, right. but most people, there's a lot of people think, oh, well, it was like an, uh, a railroad that was underground. Like, no, man, they, right. read a book, you know? But um, 
this show was executed with the unsung heroes who heard about this, you know, particular mystery that was happening. And, you know, we heard about the myth of Miss mm-hmm. Tubman. And, you know, so I love the fact that the faceless and the nameless got some recognition. But now it comes full circle to Miss Tubman. And I'm interested to see. Uh, how we play that out because you know she's the architect so I'm, I'm thinking she's right. going to be teaching Rosalie some new tricks of the trade yeah. you know? but um, it's going to be a fantastic journey and it is nice to pay homage to her in, in such a way and, and I love the fact that so many people support it and speaking of the bill specifically I think it's perfect that she's on a $20 bill because, one, it's probably the most common bill in circulation mm-hmm. because you go to the ATMs it's spending out 20s all day right. Um there's so many people who, like you said, they're going to Google her. They see the bill. They're going to see this black face on there, and they're going to say, who is she? They're going to have right. to engage her story. They're going to learn and understand and know. And she broke so many bounds. She was the first woman, the first black person, the first black woman, and the first former slave on a bill, you know, in, in a position that's— On the that's, nation's currency. Yeah, and, and she's in a position that's usually reserved for political royalty. So and she replaced uh, Mr. Jackson, right. who made his bank off of slavery. Yeah, I think that has a little something, a little nice little twinge, a little historical you know, irony, a little bit, a little yeah. bit. You know, <laughs> you know, you're gonna stand behind me now, brother. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I love that. I love that so much, and. Um, I, I love Donald Trump's response to it. I, I, I don't think it's right. I, I don't I don't know about that. I, yeah, well, it's happening, so enjoy You should it. learn something about it. Exactly. Yeah. I wonder if Maybe he's he'll Google it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what do you know about that, brother? What do you know? Yeah. Um, you know what I thought was interesting, and, and then I should probably let you go, uh, this has been a great podcast. I've enjoyed it. Oh, thank, I've enjoyed uh, myself, uh, and, and thank you for having my mom on, man. I cannot have Moms. your mother. You know? I thought it was really interesting is that you don't realize until the very end of the show, and no offense to you, Aldous Hodge, mm. star of Underground, uh, <laughs> you, it starts, the, the show opens with you, yeah. and it seems that Noah is the protagonist and is the hero, and mm. by the end of the show, I think you realize it, it's actually Rosalie. Yeah, she's finding herself. She is yeah, finding, she's herself, finding herself along the journey. And yeah. and you know, yeah, Noah started it, mm-hmm. and now it's going to be Rosalie is the one. Rosalie is the one who says, "I'm going back." Yeah, and I'm going to get everybody else. Rosalie is the one who's probably going to have to get you out of that jail. We don't know. We no, don't we don't know. know. I don't. Know. Have you seen this? You haven't seen the script yet, have you? Nah. Well, nah. <laughs> but I thought it was very interesting that the way these these two characters, the focus very subtly changes mm-hmm. over the course of it, mm-hmm. and yeah. you realize. This is this is actually kind of more Rosalie's story than Noah's even. Mm. I think she she has a journey of uh, she may represent like a young Harry Tubman in that she to Janelle on A line. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, I just worked with her, man. She's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I played her husband in uh, Hidden Figures. Really? Yeah, we just shot that out. It's the, oh. uh, do you yeah, know she, about that story? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah, interesting. Yeah. yeah, it's pretty awesome. Yeah, she's cool to work yeah, with. Yeah, she man. references. She tells her young Harry. She calls herself Young Harry Tubman. Young Harry Queen. Tubman. The song Queen. Ah. You got to go listen to it now. Oh, you with, with Erica Badu? Yeah, with Erica. You're Badu. absolutely right. 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 Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah I know the song. Okay. I know the song. Yeah, the song's great. Um, <laughs> anyhow, sorry, Young yeah, Harry Tubman. I think that uh, you know Rosalie had to deal with coming out of the house and, and finding her identity as a person, and then you know outside of looking outside of her her own complexion because yes you know you're enslaved but there's so much distance between darker skinned enslaved people versus light skinned enslaved people so she had to find that and then now she has to find her strength to go back you know and granted I think that 
I do think that she learned a few things from Noah along the way. Because <laughs> Noah for sure <laughs> enough said, hey, look, girl, you know, we're going to get him. But I think she, it was really a road of, of, of discovery and self-empowerment. And that's something I do really appreciate about the show is that all of the female characters are strong and it represents yeah. women well in positions of power, regardless of what and decisions positions they have to of make. Not in power. Of not, yeah, exactly. But as far as, like, actresses, mm -hmm. um, they have a really grand foundation to to build up on with their characters and the choices they have to make and why they have to make them. And I think it does give women uh, a, a lot of respect in that they're not just exterior tools and, and, and accessories. Mm -hmm. They are they have a platform and they are right there, you know, right alongside the men, sometimes making stronger decisions than the yeah. men. And it's nice because, you know, in Hollywood, that is another fight. You know, outside of diversity and the integration of it, you have to fight for the integration of more uh, uh, leading female roles, and they do that so well. Mm -hmm. Do you, how, you know, now that we're on that subject, I was mm -hmm. going to let you go, but now there's one more question. No, let's get uh, it, brother. Do, yeah, does, I know, my, my editor's going to want to that to He's like, ah. Uh, how bad is the diversity problem in Hollywood? How bad has it gotten better? <laughs> is it worse? It's what, terrible. what do you make of it? It's, it's terrible, and here's why. Uh, I, I would like to not diminish it down to just a color if issue, but when you have, you know, studio heads, 100% of whom are men, 96% of whom are white males. Um, studio heads, again, I think they're like 90 to 96% uh, white males. These guys wake up in the morning, they're older, they, they only, they relate to their own culture and how they were brought up. And in a time where there was much more segregation, they wake up, look in the mirror, who are they going to put in power? What they see in the mirror? Who are they going to put on TV? What they see in the mirror? And somebody's not doing enough research to say, that is not what the world looks like. That's not what USA looks like. That's not what you know, the audience is asking for. They're asking for integration because we need to represent what the audience sees. So the problem is longstanding. It starts way before it gets to, to the award shows. It starts in the offices. And people just need to do a lot, a much better job of recognizing the audience that they're selling to and acknowledging them. Well, I think uh, they're going to see all sides of that in, in this show, mm. in the cast that's in it and in the audience response to it mm. and in the stories that you're telling so I want to thank you for coming in. Thank you, brother. Alice, it's absolutely great to have you on. Thank you. Likewise. Mrs. Hodge, thank you thank for coming you. in. I appreciate it. Happy Mother's Day. Thank yeah. you. Uh, all right, everyone. I we appreciate your listening, and uh, you'll catch us again very soon. Peace. WSJ Podcasts. Listen ambitiously.